Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Left of Straight Show with your host, Scott Fullerton, as we discuss everything under the rainbow sun, from LGBT issues to foodies, entertainment to books. Join us as we talk to some of the most interesting leaders and celebrity LGBT guests and allies on the Internet. So grab a cocktail, it's always happy hour somewhere, and enjoy the show. Now, here's your host, Scott Fullerton. Well, howdy, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Let's Straight Show, guys. It is Wednesday, hump day, August 5th, 2020. I am your host, Scott Fullerton, and joining me today in studio, running everything behind the scenes, is our favorite intern, David. David will be joining us just a little bit and chatting. Uh, we got a great show for you this afternoon. If you missed yesterday's show, it was a lot of fun. Our buddy David Reddish, who's the entertainment editor for Queerty, uh, was on with our Entertainment Minute. We talked about a lot of the cool stuff that's going to be happening in TV land here soon. And then we had, for our first interview, Stephen and Jared, the owners of Showboy Bake Shop in Las Vegas, Nevada. They've been on Cupcake Wars. They won Cake Wars. They do amazing bakery and pastries for all these great uh, Broadway productions and television productions and shows in Las Vegas. So we had a great chat with them. And then one of my new favorite actors, Patrick Ortiz, was on. Patrick played Eddie on Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist this last season, who was the boyfriend of Alex Newell's character, Mo. But he's also a Broadway guy himself. He has uh, co-starred in West Side Story and Mamma Mia!, and done some great Broadway stuff himself. So good stuff on all that. Tonight we have a great show. We're going to start with little J&J Buzz, our buddies Josh and Jeff from Nashville, Tennessee. In just a little bit, we're going to play their pop culture minute for you. And then I have guest Aplente tonight. Coming up first is going to be good friend of the show, Jason Stewart. And he's bringing on for the very first time his buddy, Mitch Hera. They have created a new series that is on Amazon Prime that is freaking hilarious. So we're going to talk to the two of them all about that. And then in the second hour tonight, we're going to bring our friend Joey Amata on. Joey is a jack of all trades and has a great um, business, uh, wealth management business for the LGBTQ community. And we're going to talk about uh, wealth management in time of COVID, because there's a lot of things we should be doing and paying attention to, because money is tight right now, as we all know. So it's going to be a great show this evening. Let's get David on the line, see how his week is starting out. David, what's happening out there with you, my friend? Uh, not much. It's just been the same as uh, it's been for a while here. There you go. There you go. Um, you should have finished your PT. So how's your, 
leg doing? You ready to get back on the slopes when school starts again and winter approaches? Um, I guess we'll see. Hopefully the slopes will be open again. Um, it'll be true. interesting having to relearn everything. Right, after right. The crash. Anything new and exciting going on in your life or anything you need to talk about tonight? Um, well, I read the other, well, I guess I read a bit ago that uh, Lifetime will be airing its first holiday movie that has an LGBT romance as the lead story. They're calling it The Christmas Setup, and it'll be airing during the network's It's a Wonderful Lifetime block. They just announced this Monday, so uh, I thought it'd be an interesting thing to share. It's not like a monumental feat or anything, but yeah. No, I think it's a great thing to share. I'm excited about it. Um, Hallmark, I'm a huge fan of the Hallmark and the Lifetime Christmas movies, and it was kind of a a, uh, a race to the finish to see who was going to get the first LGBT lead on first, and it looks like Lifetime won, huh? Very cool. I like it. Hey, um, are you a Big Brother fan? That starts up tonight. They're doing their Celebrity All-Star Edition. Are you a reality show guy at all? I don't watch a lot of reality show, but right now, I mean, I guess I'd be game for anything at the moment. We're all kind of craving that uh, (laughs) entertainment. There you go. Well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Big Brother, I have been a fan of off and on. I'm not always on the Big Brother bandwagon, but um, I, I definitely have watched it in a lot of different seasons past. It's interesting. There's always usually one gay guy on or a gay girl on, and sometimes they're really cool, and sometimes they're, okay, of all the gay people in the world, you pick them, but that's okay. (laughs) Uh, It's kind of fun to watch a little mindless entertainment, but this is an all-star edition, so all-stars always bring a little interest to it because they bring some of your favorite and your least favorite characters uh, or (laughs) contestants back from previous seasons. So it'll be interesting to see. I have no idea who it's going to be yet. I'm sure they announced it, and I didn't look at it ahead of time. But I'm taping it to see what happens. It's always good for a little bit of drama. Um, It's filmed in CBS Studios in L.A. Have you ever been out to L.A. uh, ever, David? No, I've only been around the East Coast. Okay. L.A. is a lot of fun, obviously, and big entertainment will be – CBS Studios, where they film James Corden's Late Late Show um, there, and they do a lot of the soap operas there. Um, But it is always the setting for every Big Brother. They create this place in the back of the studio there that has an outside yard and then part soundstage on the inside where they put these people into that they have no contact usually from the outside world whatsoever. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with COVID and to see how they did it. Because now all of a sudden you have 18, or usually it's in between 16 and 18 strangers moving into this house together. So I'm wondering if they were quarantined for the past couple of weeks beforehand. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that, how COVID plays out in the show. Cause you don't get yeah, too much of it sounds- in live stuff. So everything's been – this will be the first TV show that will actually be kind of live, live, where people will be actually talking to each other. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't have too much else to talk about, my friend. So let's go ahead and uh, get ready for our first segment here. In just a couple of seconds, we're going to play our 
regular Wednesday pop culture segments by our good friends, again, uh, Josh and Jeff. Their fiance is down in Nashville, Tennessee. They do our J&J Buzz segment every Wednesday. So we're going to play that. And immediately following that, we're going to go into a song. And then when we come back from the song, we should have our very first guest on. And that's going to be our good buddy, Jason Stewart, and his friend, Mitch Hara, on the show for the very first time. So go ahead and cue that up for me, David. Guys, we'll talk to you on the other side here of J&J Buzz and our first song of the day. You're listening to the Left of Straight show right here on the Left of Straight radio network. You are listening to Josh and Jeff on J&J Buzz, exclusively on Left of Straight Radio Network. Now, live from Nashville, Tennessee, here's Josh and Jeff. Hey, y'all. Hey, hey, hey. From Nashville, I'm Josh. I'm Jeff. This is J&J Buzz. Buzz, buzz, buzz. <laughs> okay. Wait, wait, that's all you got. Buzz, 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 buzz. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's all right. good. What's up? TikTok. Trump says he's going to ban TikTok. What? TikTok. I love TikTok. No, like the whole app? Yes. Can they even do Can they even do that? Uh, I don't know. It is owned by a China-based company, and China law can compel any domestic company to hand over the data it has collected on any users. Oh, it's like a national security issue, right? Yeah, I Be- think it's just Trump issues, but... <laughs> oh, Trump. He must not have any followers on TikTok. Yeah, he's mad about it. Did you see our TikTok, uh, y'all? We did a really cool <laughs> TikTok from Florida when I was driving up in that car. That nice Mustang. Yeah. Well, anyway, if you want to see it, you can just go to at I'm still Josh on TikTok and... It'd be great. You can you want to throw out your TikTok? Feed. Okay, J Mac Rob with yeah. two Bs. Yeah, exactly. That that's good. Anyway, y'all, um, maybe some news that is not as like not mattering, like TikTok or whatever. But forty percent of LGBTQ youth in the U.S. have seriously considered suicide in the past twelve months. That's so sad. Yeah, no, it really is. This all came out of the Trevor Project's 2020 National Survey on LGBTQ Youth Mental Health. And, yeah, I mean, it's just crazy if you think about it. They did a survey of, like, 40,000 queer young people in the U.S. Some people don't have, I mean, some younger crowds, they don't have anybody to go talk to, you know. Yeah, and that's really important. If you're out there and you need someone to talk to, reach out to. I mean, there's a ton of people that are associated with with this program. Reach out to any of us, and uh, and we'll help point you in the right direction. But um, suicide is so final. Yeah, reach out to us. Yeah. We'll talk to you. Okay. Yeah, we will. Every day. Every day. Whatever you need. <laughs> okay, so the, on Rikers Island, you know, the prison there's a, in New York. What? It's a called Rikers? Rikers Island. Okay. There was a girl in there, and, well, she died. What? She had epilepsy and went to jail for something small. Her bond was only $500, and she couldn't make it. Well, so, okay, so a couple things. The bond, $500. What does that mean? That she had to that pay? That means she would have to pay $50 to Fif- get out. 50 she, bucks. Yeah, she couldn't make her bond. Well, okay. they put her in solitary confinement, and the guards, I guess, weren't doing their job as they were supposed to walking around every 15 minutes and she had a seizure and died 
y'all, we've got to do something about the the criminal justice system in the U.S. It's so unfair, and it always hurts the marginalized community. And it's something that the that we're both really, really passionate about. Yeah. So, y'all, it's something we've just got to get done. All right, so uh, changing gears just a little bit. Do you remember the Tennessee Christian conservative pastor Perry Stone? Okay. Uh, like several, I don't know, months ago, he said something crazy. Well, he did it again. He's, he blamed COVID-19 on marriage equality, <laughs> saying that it was God's wrath uh, for, yeah. Sinners. Yes, yeah, sinners. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that gay people have caused uh, COVID-19. Well, listen, the story doesn't end there. Uh, it's always sure. the gay people's fault. Yeah, well, of course, but now th- this is allegedly. You got to say allegedly. Okay, let's because, hear it. Yeah, because it's not like we're actually saying. It, I don't even know what that means. Well, we just have to use the word allegedly. He's now apologized uh, because his leadership at his church put him out of service because of alleged unrelated sexual misconduct with female co-workers (laughs) allegedly he's been doing some naughty things and I guess it's true because he came out with an apology letter and in that letter he apologized to his beautiful and adorable wife do you want to know why he said he did this please I want to hear this yeah no it's crazy he said that uh, he's blaming it all on quote nonstop ministry and letting his guard down end (laughs) quote He's working so hard for the Lord that he just had to sexually harass some people. Now that's just crazy. Yeah, this is crazy. Anyway, we got to go. I'm Josh. And I'm Jeff. This was J&J Buzz. Buzz. (laughs) This was J&J Buzz, exclusively on Left of Straight Radio Network. Your business doing you. 
what did they say? Uh, oh, go, a young golden girl, some interviewer said. I was like, I'll take the young. Oh, please. We're probably older than they were when they originally started. <laughs> I think you need to stop talking. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my. oh, stop talking. Oh, no. We're, we're plugging the book already. The book is coming out already. Oh, I like it. Jason's book. There you go. Do a plug, Jason. Oh, my book. Yeah, Shut Up, I'm Talking. Also available on Amazon. We are just Amazon people. Boom. Amazon loves us. Amazon what can I say? Yeah, I know. The family. book has been an incredible uh, journey, and what was really great about it, it's now uh, been out for, I guess, a, a, a year, and uh, got some really, really great reviews. People are still buying it. If anybody does want to buy it, but all they have to do is hit me up on my website, jasonstewart.com, S-T-U-A-R-T, and I will send you an autographed copy if you want, if you email me and send me 20 bucks through PayPal or uh, Venmo. Or you can just get it yourself on CCB Publishing or Amazon. It's really interesting writing a book. People really tell you everything they think about you. And uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's been really uh, people sharing great stories and people sharing things that have happened to them and what it's like for them being openly gay in their workplace no matter what they do. And uh, I've really appreciated it. I really have. That's, That's so awesome. fun. And I'm single that. and I live in Hollywood and I'm available for anyone. Just come knock on my door. Uh, well, <laughs> we need to get you in here, Mitch, because this is your first time on the show. So we want to know a little background. Talk to me about that. Where did you grow up and what kind of a kid were you? What got you to this funny oh my place God, you're was, at today? Yeah. <laughs> I was brought up by Wolverines, and <laughs> my parents were kind of like <laughs> Jew-like, speed-freak alcoholics. And so it was a very colorful, you know, childhood. Do you tell me your, your father was sort of mafioso-esque? Oh, he was, Oh, he might or might not have been in the mafia. Might yeah. or might not, yes. Not a right. Good. He did. He did wind up in jail, but that was only, only a for couple a couple of years. years. Not very yeah. long. No. No, for federal income tax evasion or something. At least he didn't kill anybody. No. Well, that was for he may or may and, not have made people disappear. <laughs> all of my uncles actually showed up. All of my uncles. Pinky, Lefty, Louie, Nosy, would be, like, found in dumpsters and trunks. And um, oh my it was just like, oh, he, oh yeah. He is, Scott, he is not kidding. I no, mean, I'm not. We were actually held back. We were, like, not allowed to go outside. It was, like, in the middle of winter or something in Chicago. I was actually born in a, a small suburb, a Jew thing. It was uh, Skokie, Illinois. And we weren't allowed to go out of the house, and everybody else was going to school. And I was like, why? Why, why can't we go? Why, why can't we go to school? And she goes, you're on vacation. There was actually a hit on, on our family, so we couldn't leave. Oh, my gosh. He's, well, he don't said give away he's too vacation many secrets, walking man. from his room to the living room. That was the vacation. He was doing the COVID quarantine before we had to. Oh true, my God! True that. Too many secrets, though, Mitch, because I'm broadcasting live out of Youngstown, Ohio, the mafia capital of the world here. So they may come and uh, try to try to pick you up. They you might never knock know. on my door. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <Okay> then. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, all of my mafia connections, I think, are dead at this point. There you oh, go. My parents, my family, just acted like they were in the mafia. <laughs> yeah. Difficult. But it's just like, 
I always wanted, you know, in my mind, I was always on stage and I always wanted to be a star because it was such a hateful childhood. I just wanted people to love me. Yeah, well, you star, have done well didn't. for yourself, though. I just going through some of your shows, so much fun. Talk about where this, um, where this comic styling comes from. Were you always kind of the class clown as a kid, or what? 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 You know, I was a fat kid growing up. It was. Ah. It was a defense. So I was a fat kid, and everybody was horrible, and you know how they abuse you. And all my, my teachers were abusive. They would throw me across the room in my desk and throw chalk at me and call me fat and call me a poodle and call me, you know. So it was horrible. People spit on my head. So I just, just you know, just when I found speed and my sense of humor, I made friends really fast. And uh, so it's always been a deflection. And I've taken all of my material or all of my, the horrible events turned it into a one-man show called Mutant Olive, which has been like playing all over the place to sold out audiences with crazy, great like reviews. And I actually I just saw there... That. It was amazing. It's amazing. Well, I, I, saw, do... I saw it a couple of years ago in, in, in an early uh, incarnation of it, and then I saw it later on, years later. And it's, it's a wonderful show. It's not just funny, but it shows the inside of who Mitch was, and it also talks a lot about drug and alcohol, his drug and alcohol problem, him going to his biggest bottom, you know, in that, and then being able to bring himself up and, and put everything he, all of his pain and all of his, uh, um, ter- the terrible things that happened to him, you know, in this hour and a half show, and put all this into, into, into who he is today, and being able to, you know, create his own work. Thanks. Well, I read, yeah, I read some of the reviews. I mean, you were London, Chicago, New York City, Beverly Hills. You brought it all over the country, and everyone was raving on it, Mitch. I mean, I, did, I was reading these things, and there was, like, some huge articles on it. I thought it was amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I was like, you know, you put it out there. People were saying how, you know, when people say you do stuff, and they say, oh, my God, that's so brave. I don't, I, you know, I was doing my art. I was doing, you know, from my heart and whatever. And it's the only, like, I'm possessed to do it, to create. Me and Jay have the same kind of, like, veracity. We have to create or our little soul dies. Well, I think so, it's, it, isn't it different, though, Mitch? Because there's a lot of people that want to be in show business, and they just sit around waiting for somebody to do something for us. Mitch sort of coined the idea. He says, he says we didn't wait for permission to do it. We just I'm not waiting for permission for anybody, anybody. to tell me. Exactly. Yeah. We and just, and Jason he just, always goes, if you break ground, when are you allowed to walk on it? And I say, I don't ask for permission if I don't have a... Uh, uh, an invitation to the party. I print my own, kick the door open, and say we're here. Exactly. Right. And that's what he sort of did. I mean, a, a year and a half ago, uh, I was creating this uh, web series called uh, Fifty that ne- that I never did. Not oh, have. are you ready, Scott? Okay, this is the this is how we somewhat this is how smothered happened. This is how it happened, ahead, but Jay. we sort of <laughs> we sort of don't have the same recollection of exactly how oh, it happened. Oh, come on, you're 100. You don't remember anything. Well, I can't remember what I did yesterday. He's really right. That's why I'm saying. So, he, so <laughs> no. I invited him to be a part of this. And and I tried. Yes, he tried. And and it was horrible. And he hated the people, and he didn't like anybody. Oh, they were horrible. But, they were hideous. They had bad energy. They and, were but that ugly. was not true. They just didn't they like him. Funny. He just completely offended some of the straight boys. And... <laughs> 
Oh, come on. They were, those two fetuses were flattering themselves. Well, we tried our best, and and then they. So I had to call him and tell him that this wasn't going to work out. And he and I was so excited. I said, "Peace out." He hung up on me, and that was it. And said, "I I don't care." And I said, "Yeah." And I said, "Come, I I don't want to lose a friendship over this." So I called him back. And I said, "Well, I'm willing." To lose the friendship, and I hung up in him again. Again, and then ten minutes later, he <laughs> called me back and he says, "I have this idea." Well, I called him because I thought about it. I really thought about it, and I was really never going to call him. I was just never going to talk to him again. He was almost having a human feeling, which is really completely original. Well, plan. I'm not big on on feelings unless no. I'm being paid for it. So let's exactly. get over that. So I thought about it, and I thought the best part of our relationship, Scott, is that we bicker and we fight, and it's funny. So I called him back and I said, all right, here's my idea. And I have this amazing director, Terry Hanauer, and here's the cameraman and here's the lights and you need to shut up and that's all. And we're, this is what we're doing. And then he introduced me to Terry <laughs> and then I brought in a lot of actors, <laughs> all these wonderful actor friends. We I'm got. very subtle. Yeah. And, and Terry was just, I just fell in she's love amazing. with her. She, I oh, fell she's in the best love with her. And, and we have so many wonderful people. We have Helen Hong from... Um, Oh, what's the show, Mitch? Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley. We have uh, 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 Erica Irving from American Horror Story. Story. Yeah. We have uh, Pancho Moller. See, Jason's old. He can't remember. I I was just taking a nap. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I just woke up. We have uh, Pancho Moller from uh, Ray Donovan. We have uh, Scott Krinsky from Chuck. We have uh, Chet... Uh, Bowers from Cats on Broadway. We have Carol Eda White from Laverne and Shirley. And we did this. We have like a diverse, brilliant. Like Everybody really, is, is very black or Asian or really over 70 be, or yeah. gay. Or, we didn't want anybody that was just, you know, with two Jewish guys. We're white enough. Exactly. We figured we just want all the other flavors <laughs> of everything. And right. we hired all these great people that had diverse backgrounds, but we never talk about it in the show. They play our shrinks. They play a mediator. And we they have play little IRS people. Agent. We have transsexuals. Trans, we have Asians, black. Gay, we bi. Have, yeah, we have a fluid dog. Yeah, we don't. he doesn't know what he is. It's, Which is oh, fine. Oh, Chihuahua is so cute, though. Yeah. Oh, my God, it's so funny. We accept him for who he is. That dog raped me. <laughs> Oh, I no. Said, no. <laughs> I, I said to the no means no. No dog. Yeah, that's exact. Hello. That tug was everywhere. <laughs> he was just no, was I out could, of control. I told you, I only got to see the first episode, and uh, Ariella played the therapist on that well, one. Well, when are you going to watch and the rest of them? I'm going to catch up on it this weekend. I, I have places to go and people to see. <laughs> it's All COVID right, has exactly. nothing in Ohio. Then, We're opening back up again, damn it. So I, I play oh, God. oh, God. <laughs> so, I mean, basically, I tell everybody, you know, this is better than porn and less sticky. But the idea that if you have a relationship, if you watch this, you'll feel better about yours. Definitely. Because these guys are terrible. You will be happy that you are. I mean, it's just it's a fun, fun, fun. And please, like, if you have a moment on Amazon, write a review because what we're oh, try- what we're doing is we're trying to go uh, viral, 
and and in certain areas we've already gone viral, so it's really weird yeah. in, in in pockets. So because of everybody watching it, we're trying to do that. We're trying to do this on our own. This is a total Mitch and Jason uh, show. This is it. Parade. And we have uh, our, our director Terry and our other actors and our incredible editor Rob Paget, who just really was the fourth. Oh, he's a rock. He was like unbelievable. The, when we brought him on, he was like the fourth Beatle to our, you know, our our fourth our threesome, and we really, really people don't realize how editors can completely become, uh, you know, so much a part of it and so much. Well, he's gave, a creative with us. Exactly. Right. Well, and Jason, talk to me. Oops, we lost Jason and them for a second. Uh oh, we lost the call. They'll give us a call back in just a second. Uh, these guys, if you can't tell, they are funny as hell, boys and girls. You need to watch the show. Again, it's called Smothered on Amazon Prime. And they're small episodes. It's like a web series on Amazon. And so you don't – it's not a long time to invest it. Uh, as I, David, our intern, watched the entire series where I only got to see the first episode – and it really did not take much. It's like watching one episode of television. It's just broken down into these small chunks that are absolutely amazing. So if you have Amazon, watch it. If you don't, subscribe to Amazon Prime. It's worth every second of it. So let's see if we get them back here. They're calling in from beautiful Palm Springs, California, that uh, may have some trouble with the weather. We'll see what happens. But we'll get them back. Why don't we go ahead and, uh, David, I think you have the next song queued up. So let's go ahead and play out here. Let's do um, Kisos. This is Happily Ever After. And we'll see if we can get Jason and Mitch back on the line. So, David, when you're ready, play a little Kisos for us. Refuse to believe you don't want me. It saves me, but it kills me inside. Hopeless, but I've accepted denial. Sweet. 
Well, that was weird. I don't know what happened. Guys, we were having weird stuff happen. Maybe it's Blog Talk Studio and it wasn't Jason. Jason and Mitch are still not on the line. I'm going to try to get a hold of them. We're going to play one more song, and I don't even know where Static's coming from. So let's go ahead and play a little Matt Stern. Keeps me awake. We're going to try to get Jason and Mitch back on the phone and see what happens. You're listening to the Left of Straight show right here on the Left of Straight Radio Network.
can't hold on, it's gonna hurt me But letting go is hard to do And though we chose to do it purposely I'm plagued with thoughts of leaving you I love the way that it tastes Think we're free to explore But tell me, could it be fake? Could it be a mistake? Lying here on the floor And is this what is at stake? Is it greedy or more? Is it already too late? All these chances we've taken Are we losing control? I can't hold on, it's gonna hurt me But letting go is hard to do And though we chose to do it perfectly I'm plagued with thoughts of losing you I'm plagued with thoughts of losing you Would you leave me in the dark By the light Either way I won't be the same Would you keep my secrets far Deep inside Are you gonna need someone to blame? you gonna need someone to Just like, 
Where is he? Is he not? Everybody, <laughs> everything we said. If everybody wants to watch Smothered, you go to SmotheredTV.com. You can watch That's it on SmotheredTV.com. You can watch it on uh, Smothered. You can watch it on uh, Amazon, rather, or you can watch it. If you don't have Amazon Prime, we, we also have it on YouTube because we wanted to make sure that people could watch the show and all different stuff. And then in a couple months, or about a month or so, we're going to be on Reverie, so we'll be on Roku and Apple TV and Samsung. And we're going to be everywhere. Yeah, we're going to be everywhere. That is awesome. And it's so talk to yeah. me about your guys' writing process on this. Uh, were you guys <laughs> oh writing back and forth and sharing? Yeah. I need to know. How no. these two minds were able yeah. to collaborate. <laughs> well, what happened is we would get together. All right, because he semi has, you know, that little thing where your mind disconnects. That's not true. That's <laughs> not true you, at all. You have a little selective Alzheimer's. Uh, he's do. exaggerating. No, we, we, what, what we'll do, what, we, what we do is lot. we talk, we share our experiences, and he is, is an emotional terrorist. He stole all of my, my well, life a, and my information. And put I it, have a photographic memory for all dialogue. So we would talk, and we would say our real feelings, and he would tell me stuff. I would go away. I'd write it all. I'd type it all up. And I'd send it to him, and he would go, you just stole my inner thoughts. You're like emotional terrorist. How did you do that? I said, well, you told me all this. He said, I did not. I don't remember. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> oh, yes, you did. So what we would do we, is we would do this, and then we would rewrite it together, and then we'd go over to Terry, and Terry would add her elements to it. He's our fabulous director. I don't know. Terry Hanover. And then we'd yeah. go over to her house and rehearse it. And we did this for months, and then when we, when we actually shot it on the um, um, uh, we did it for November, December, didn't we, right? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it seems, it seems like a like, year. It seems like years ago. And then and then what we did what, what happened was when we were on the set, there was a sort of uh openness to do things at the beginning and an end and then also to do physical things that happened. Did we did we talk about the kiss? No. Scott, no. No, 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 no. Okay, so Scotty, a, it was uh, so that was the writing process. And then we'd have, because everything was scripted, Jason and I both did projects where we improvised everything because we're good at it. But if you're not working with people that are as good as you are, then it's a nightmare, and then editing is horrible. So we wanted a script. And then you leave yourself open for magical happenings. And we were as prepared as possible. We were incredibly prepared. So before, which is both of our favorites, because it's really dramatic and really hysterical. And Delilah Raja plays our touchy feelers therapist, Dr. Shaka fabulous. Cohen, a black lesbian <laughs> Jew. Yeah, a black lesbian Shaka Jew. Shaka Cohen. Cohen. I love it. Isn't that brilliant? <laughs> I know. And she was on Amazing. all the Shonda Rhimes' stuff. Oh, yeah. She's been on all the – she's been on a, a scandal, and she's been on uh, How to Get Away with Murder and Grey's Anatomy. She's like a triple threat and done so many shows. And one of my best friends, she's like my, my sister. And she played – she was pretty shocked at our, our – because she didn't know much about it when we sort of threw her into our <laughs> – Everybody was like barraged by us. Yeah, it was like almost being thrown into a, a, a tiger cage with two wild animals. And then there's this one scene there's where two, Mitch, Yeah, there's two places that I love. The one you're going to talk about, there's two places. One is the funny part because we, we spar so much and we like if we were in, we had television things. Like if, I, if we were in Lucy, he thinks he'd be the Lucy and I'm like, no, I'm Lucy, well, we would, you're Fred. Just to explain that we would say if we had our relationship and these great 
television couples, who would we be? The Lucy, the Ethel, the Rhoda, the Mary, the, you know, the... And he would say, what about terms of endearments? And I would say, I'd be Shirley MacLaine and win an Oscar, and you'd be the dead one. (laughs) (laughs) But there was one moment where Mitch wasn't... This is genius. It wasn't in... It wasn't in the script. It was not in the script, and he decides to kiss me during this... In the middle of a really terrible argument. Horrible, ugly. And he kisses me so hard. I mean, honestly, I think he busted my lip. And he kissed well, me. I grabbed his face and covered his head. It and was then like he a covers my animalistic. face. Now, what actor wants his face covered in something? And I was so mad. And then he kissed me so hard, and then he pushes me away. And yeah. Then, and then I decided, as Ralph, supposedly in my head, that I would kiss him to try to kiss him again. And then, then Shaka. I just know. took his whole head and pushed him away further. <laughs> And Chaka Khan oh, and her hand. Wait a minute, wait, you guys stop it, you know. And it was like it was one of the funniest moments and we had a screening at Sony Pictures and yeah. uh for for the casting crew and also for a lot of bigwigs to see our work. And people laughed so loud at that. It was like, Oh my that god. That was crazy. Yeah. I know. It was really sort of a wonderful moment for Mitch and I. We were sitting in the back and look at each other like, oh, my God, they're not laughing at the jokes. They're laughing at everything, the behavior. They're laughing at setups. They're laughing at, like, shit. And behavior. Like, we weren't even looking at. Yeah. yeah. Just behavior. They really at our relationship a lot. They went You on guys are hilarious. Them, is... The chemistry is amazing. <laughs> of course they're going to laugh at that. <laughs> Thank you. Now, talk about – you guys have both uh, – Jason, you especially have done a lot of long form. Mitch, you've done a lot of a long form. This is really – broken down into like very doable almost webisode four to ten minute chunks here it's very yeah very, how much work it took to it's, it's like basically a one-hour episode or whatever it broke it down were you surprised how much work it correct took? Was, did it feel harder yeah. compared well, to it was seven bite-sized episodes there's seven five-minute episodes you can well beginning middle and an end Hold on, yeah they're, they're all around 30 minutes so you can watch the whole thing in 30 minutes go ahead mitch no, absolutely. Where you can binge the whole damn thing in 30 minutes and then give us five stars and a fabulous review. Exactly. But the, I loved being able to do, because, yeah, I've read uh, screenplays and I've written on sitcoms and blah, blah, blah. And um, it was so freeing to go, here's the beginning, here's the middle, here's the end, and how can we surprise the little journey and it's done. But it takes us much effort to do a long form as it does to do these little bite-sized things. It's almost, harder. Have to, it's almost harder because you have to do a beginning, middle, and end. In you each have to do act, everything in it. In a very short amount of time. It, you know, touching and almost and funny. All of, them, all, all of them really stand on their own except for the last episode, which is sort of the sum up of everything. But all of them could be seen on their own, and you would not you, – you could see them and go, oh, this is so funny, and I understand the beginning, but middle, and end. But I think they ramp. They open, oh, yeah. like the first one is an introduction to our insanity and how abusive we are to each other and the therapist. And the second and one is called goes, F. Barbara Streisand, and, it's, yeah. and it, it, it shows how... <laughs> it all takes place on a couch. It's called couch therapy with a little person who's the therapist. And what was his he name? He calls himself Bite Size. Yes, he calls himself Bite Size. And we did, <laughs> we did this whole thing where we would, every time we'd have an emotion, he'd clap his hands and he'd say, move to a different position on the couch. And you see these two middle aged guys trying to move on a couch which is when we first did it it was hysterical we could barely <laughs> stop laughing because well the crew was so funny we couldn't use the whole first take oh not we at all we did the whole thing and we couldn't use anything what oh, was really interesting about it is we really did, supported us we, 
we we didn't think that the episode worked. We we thought, God, this is not working. And then Terry had this great idea of couch therapy, and it completely changed the whole piece. And it, we didn't add that much to it. It was just this one little element, and that's what kept happening all the time when we were doing this. You know, she'd have this idea of doing something that. Mitch and I, there was one in epi- what episode? I don't know. The one with- I didn't want to do the, the, the spit- IRS thing. The spit, the spit take. take. I was going to say. You that. haven't seen it yet, Scotty, but there's a spit take. And I was just like, this is not oh real. God. We're real method actors. Me like, yeah, we're not <laughs> doing this. Stanislavski, shut up. I'm like, yeah, we're not going to do something. Studio. We're not, not the three stooges. Yeah, you know. yeah. I'm it. not laughing. Right. And we now did talk it. about it in the age. I want you to talk to me about the age of COVID now and people are doing these streaming events. This kind of short form just lends itself to it so well. Have you thought about doing other projects like this together while we're getting through COVID to get back out there in the real world? Yeah, well, well, we have a second season actually. Well, we have a whole, we have three seasons of a 30 minute show. So we have 30 minutes. Because we're pitching it as a 30-minute show, too. Yeah, we have it all set up, and we've met with all these people, and we're just waiting for someone to pull the trigger. And and certainly they're waiting to see what people think, and it's very exciting. But I love this. Yes, I love – because if it takes a pandemic to make us famous, I'm all in. Definitely. There you go, right? You know, Trump says it is what it is. Yeah, horrible. Oh yeah, it is what it is. It, <laughs> you know, it's oh, whatever, dad, whatever, it whatever's happening. Yeah. It could change. It couldn't change. I've known some people that were fat. I've known some people that are thin. <laughs> some people I like. Some people I don't like. What time is it? Where's my Where's my happy meal? I mean, <laughs> now Go how ahead, did you Daddy. guys bond? We talked about you guys just came together over a, a breakup of the friendship. Where did the friendship start? Did you guys ever work together oh in my God. New York? Are yes. you guys of the same age, or how did that how did that come about? Well, he is much older than he me. He is older than me. He will him. always be older than me, no matter I'm what he says. And I look so much better. He does it. He looks like an old birth. marionette. That's what it is. <laughs> see, if this was Zoom, you'd see how luscious I am. You know, we, we met 35 years ago or something. He was having he was a party still, in his house, and he was so high and so drunk, and he was going true. around the room. You know, with the, I was wearing a black cape. He had a cape. I'm not kidding. He was actually wearing a cape. And I was brought there by the late <laughs> actor-comedian Taylor Negron, oh, who was a friend Taylor, of Taylor, yeah. Just, just a and love. Jason was still bald. He was wearing a um a No, no, I had my own toupee. hair. That's how long ago it was. I actually had my own hair. This is Never. I mean it was I think I was in my I think we were in our twenties. <laughs> You're not even seeds. You had nothing. I had nothing. I, I had just a pair a pair of shorts. <laughs> anyway, we met and we kept and we, we like he was doing stand up comedy, I was doing stand up comedy for a while. And we'd keep crossing paths, and then somewhere down we'd the line, we'd see each other at an audition or a party, or yeah, you know. And then we were in different programs. I mean, I'm like, it took me <laughs> crashing seventeen cars to like. Oh, he's get not. Into he's not. Job. He's not kidding. Oh no! And I recreate him on stage in my one-man show. But I, I crashed like <laughs> seventeen cars. I've been like sober now for like twenty years, and if I can do it, really any any freak in the world can. <laughs> so I use all. Yeah. But is it as fun? Is it as fun? I oh. hope it is. There you go. It takes a while <laughs> to get this series yeah. is really brilliant, and we're both really proud of it. And we hope you all go to smothertv.com and watch it on Amazon Prime or on YouTube. 
and it's just so fun. Well, guys, they get to see four. Yeah. Oh, we already did it. I love it. We we already did it. I mean, you guys. Was besides about ten minutes, we had a good forty-five minute run there. I'm, I'm very proud of us there. We made it Scotty, through. We love you. I love you guys, and I can't wait to see this thing get picked up. And we're going to see you on a primetime studio near you sometime soon. Let well, everyone know where they Amazon, can. Uh, if, if Amazon, if you can hear us now, you know they've 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 you know got the seven episodes, the seven short bite-sized episodes. Let them put some money down on the line, and we're going to do a series with them. That's our hope. Boom! Yeah. Like Boom! Bang! Baby. Yeah. This was a pleasure. So let Thank everyone so know much. where they can find you personally, too, because you guys are both uh, have your own social and everything, and that's the, the, what first. the cool kids are doing these days. Where can they find you? <laughs> uh, I'll give you my address. No. Um, <laughs> right. Here's my phone. I keep I telling you him. I'm lonely. Yeah. yeah. You can't do that anymore, Mitch. You can't. There's too many. All people. right. Okay. <laughs> On Facebook, if you want, it's Mitch Hara. Easy, H-A-R-A, Mitch, Hera. On um, Instagram, it's staring <laughs> Mad Mitch 9 because I had to get a new one because Facebook said I was too young to have an account. And on Twitter, <laughs> it's Mad Mitch 9. And I am Jason. And, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, go, baby, go. And I'm JasonStewart.com, S-T-U-A-R-T, Stuart. Um, Twitter is Jason underscore Stewart. Instagram is the Jason Stewart and Facebook. I have two pages, fan and uh, a personal, but both of them are for fans. And you can, and if you can't remember anything, what I do is go to jasonstewart.com or or smothertv.com and send us a message, and we will contact you. There you go. I love every bit of it. You know, Jason. Love you to death. You've been it's like your sixth appearance on the show. You always entertain. And Mitch, you got to keep coming back. I need to see you too on TikTok before they take away the app. You I'm on TikTok. on TikTok. I'm on TikTok. Are you? I've done three I'm videos. The... I did oh, one you know with what? my mother. Yeah. I swear to you, I did one with my mother. Yeah, I did one with my mother. I did one where I was singing uh, Oh, My my Man from Funny Girl. And I did another one that I, I cried in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, you did. That was horrifying. Yes, I just Well, I'm going to be in Palm Springs. We'll do one together for you. Yes, we should. Scotty. Yes, we yeah, will. Yeah, we'll do a TikTok. You we do. Will. He's Please, I want to see you guys on TikTok together. It'd be amazing. You guys get millions <laughs> of views. I think he should just kill me on uh, TikTok. He should actually murder me. I'm good with, I'm good with that. Yeah. I'm All right, we'll stay on the line. We'll talk <laughs> off air for a second, guys, before you go. We're going to play out a little bit of Matt. Stern, uh, or excuse me, Matt Van Fossen. We'll be back in a little bit. We're going to have our second interview tonight. Joey Amato is going to be calling in from beautiful downtown Indiana. You're listening to the Left of Straight show right here in the Left of Straight radio network. Stay on the line, guys.
All righty, guys. We are back. That was Matt Van Fossen with Time Ain't What It Used To Be. Guys, I'm so excited to bring my next guest on the show. He has been a great friend of the show in his PR firm by bringing some great guests over the past few years to the Left of Straight show. And he is really reinventing himself in the time of COVID uh, using his great knowledge that he's been kind of getting over the years on personal wealth coaching. So it's real important, I think, today in our LGBTQ uh, world to talk about what it's like to manage our money. And he's got a lot of great ideas for this. So we're going to talk to him about all this and more. So please welcome to the show for the very first time in person, Mr. Joey Amato. Joey, how you doing, buddy? Hey, Scott. How are you? Thanks so much for having me on the show tonight. I am excited to have you, my friend. I know it's late night for both of us here. Are you an hour behind me in Indiana, or are you the same time? No, I'm on East Coast also, but um, I'm an early – I go to bed early, so this is late for me. <laughs> this is my I bedtime. I'm on – I'm a, I'm three episodes <laughs> of Golden Girls in by now, so <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time, my friend. <laughs> no, it's so cool to have you. I mean, we've known each other for a while now. Um, you've been doing great work with PR for a while, but of course, the entertainment industry is crazy bonkers right now. Talk about a little about your background, though, to introduce you to my listeners. Where did you grow up, and what kind of a kid were you growing up? Sure. Well, I grew up in New York City in Queens, um, and I had a traditional New York um, upbringing. You know, we <laughs> all hung out in the in the backyard every day playing sports, which I sucked at, um, but I put anyway. I tried. <laughs> um, <laughs> I went to a Catholic high school, and I went to um, a small. A college called Five Towns College out on Long Island, and I majored in music business. That's how I got into the music industry. So my first oh, internship, okay. well, well, my first job actually was with Tower Records, which I loved. It was my favorite job ever. Um, and then I started. I worked for Sony Music for a while, um, and then some radio stations. And that's how I got into the music side of things. So and that turned into the PR, and that's how we got to know each other. That's amazing. I love that. I didn't even know that part of the story. And talk about um, when did you kind of start finding your LGBTQ tribe? You've created these great businesses as Mm -hmm. uh, such a great work for the LGBTQ community. When did you find your own personal tribe? So this kind of connects to the whole reason behind the new venture. So I was living in South Florida, and I got laid off from a PR firm, actually. And, Hmm. you know, I was six months unemployed, and I heard that this new gay gay newspaper was starting out of Fort Lauderdale, out of Wilton Manors, called South Florida Gay News. By chance, I happened to be at a reception at the museum in Fort Lauderdale with the publisher of the newspaper. So I introduced myself, and I was like, hey, if you're looking for any, any help, I'd love to jump on board. So Norm Kent at South Florida Gay News gave gave me my first job in LGBT publishing. So wow. and you know that that goes back to to Pride Love Strategies. Like I tell people now, you know, you could lose your job tomorrow. You need to be ready. Sure. Like you don't want to live paycheck to paycheck. And you know I was unemployed for six months before I got that job. So I tell people to never be in that situation. 
because it's not fun. <laughs> and, right, you know, exactly. I know t- times are rough right now, but, you know, if you have your job, you know, don't take it for granted. Just save, 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 because it could be gone tomorrow. Right. Very true. And talk about, I mean, you've, you've talked about, I, I told everyone that you're in Indiana. You talked about growing up in New York, down in Florida. You are a travel bug by nature. Talk about your love for travel, how that came about, and you actually doing your own travel uh, kind of blog and lifestyle business. Talk about that. Yeah, so there's a story behind that, too. Um, after South Florida Gay News, I had another opportunity with a, a regional magazine called OMG, which is no longer in existence. It was based in Tampa. We were distributed in South Florida, Orlando, and Atlanta. And at that time, I was really loving Nashville. So I talked to the mm-hmm. owner of that. I was like, hey, if I move to Nashville, can we, do, can we distribute there? So we eventually moved. I moved to Nashville. OMG went there, went out of business. I started my own magazine called Unite in Nashville. And that expanded to Indianapolis. We had a Virginia issue. We had a Seattle issue. And we did a business magazine, too, called Unite Business. Um, it, it was just a lot of work. We always made money, but it wasn't like a true business that you could really say, you know what, this is a great revenue stream. Um, right. It was a lot of work, minimal reward. So my business partner at the time was doing a lot of the designing work and the financial stuff, and he just got overwhelmed and tired. So we decided to just shut it down. Um, and then, you know, the one thing, the one feature of the magazine that I loved the most was the travel section because I got to travel. <laughs> right. So I decided to start Pride Journeys. So Pride Journeys is going on three years now. Um and we go to different destinations that some, some are, you know, known for their, for LGBT friendliness. Others are not as well known like Wichita, Oklahoma city, Kansas city, even, you know, a lot of smaller towns. And I visited those towns right. and they are welcoming. Um, and it's great to see the, the, the small communities there that, you know, sometimes they're even tighter than the larger cities because it's not as big. Um, so I got to go to Wichita Pride last year, which was awesome. You know, it wasn't – Lady Gaga wasn't performing. You know, she wasn't the headliner. <laughs> it, was, it was local talent. But, you know, it was great to see in, in Wichita, Kansas, a community of that size just getting together. It really was the entire LGBTQ spectrum, everyone, in that one event. Um, and that's great to see because sometimes so cool. we, tend to, we tend to, like, segment ourselves. Um, right. but in places like that, you know, it's one community and it's great. That's amazing. And where is your favorite LGBTQ destination of choice? If you could go that you would like to go to over and over again. Oh, wow. I know you're going to put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, in terms of the city that I had the most fun in that I wasn't expecting to, I would say Oklahoma City. You know, oh, nice. it was a it was a wow factor. Like I went in expecting nothing and I had so much fun. I met so many they even hired me and Pride Journeys to organize an LGBT media trip where we invited other journalists, other gay journalists to the city and 
the mayor of Oklahoma City came out to our reception the first night to, to welcome us. You know, it was such a That's cool fantastic. city, and there's so much stuff happening there. Um, it's, it's just it was it's a wonderful surprise. That's what I like to say about Oklahoma City. I love that. And what is something that's been on your radar that you keep picking up or hearing about that you haven't been to yet that you want to explore? Hmm. U.S. or domestic or international? Your choice. Um, you know, there's a lot of European destinations I'd like to go to. Um, I love Stockholm. I haven't been there in a while, and it's been probably nine years since I've been there. So a lot has, mm. has happened in Stockholm. Uh, in terms of U.S. destinations, you know, I heard there's a lot going on in Sarasota right now. Um, usually Tampa St. Pete was really known for being the LGBT center of the, the Gulf Coast of Florida, but I heard Sarasota is really up and coming. Um, wow. Other destinations, you know, um, Sedona, Arizona. You know, Phoenix gets the attention. Tempe gets the attention. But Sedona is, is beautiful. It's about an hour and a half outside, I think. Um, but there's some right. really cool stuff there, a lot of um, outdoor activities. And I'd love to ex- – I have never been there. I'd love to explore Sedona if I get nice. the chance, if we could ever travel again. <laughs> there you go, exactly. If we could ever leave our house, that would be a beautiful thing. Well, let's jump into this because I'm really excited to talk to you about this. People think when they talk about wealth management with the word wealth in there, they think you have to be wealthy to start planning – your life and mm-hmm. planning how to save, planning to save. And it really has nothing to do with the wealth that you have already. It's about deciding how to acquire it, how to use it smartly. Talk about what you're trying to share and what your goal of your company is. Well, I think what you just said is exactly the point. You know, people do think wealth management, you have to be wealthy to, to start. And the, the thing is you have to start somewhere, not – not everybody is born into wealth. So, you know, there's a lot of entrepreneurs and people like Oprah Winfrey, you know, she didn't, she wasn't wealthy. Um, she created her wealth and, you know, you just have to take certain steps. And I tell people, you know, even if it's $5, $10 a week, a month, it doesn't matter. Put it on the side, open a separate account. Don't touch it, save it for a rainy day. And after a while, you know, you're not going to become a millionaire overnight saving $10, but you just don't want to get in this position where you lose your job or, or something happens, there's a medical emergency, and you have no, you have no money to pay for it. Um, so you just got to start off small. And I tell people, you know, and, and people hate when I say this, um, but I tend to, I don't know if you watch Shark Tank, but I tend to agree with um, Mr. Wonderful you know, with his latte factor, his Starbucks, you know, and I hate right. to, to say Starbucks on air, but, you know, um, Starbucks is $6 a pop for coffee. It costs 10 cents if you make it at home, you know. <laughs> I exactly. Used to, I used to, no joke, I used to go to Starbucks every day when I lived in Nashville, sometimes twice a day. And I added up over the course of a year how much money I spent on, on coffee whether it was Starbucks or uh, just a mom and pop chain. And it was stupid how much money I spent on coffee. (laughs) And from that point forward, I was like, okay, $1,000 or more. And I could either invest it. I could go on a nice vacation. I could do so many other things with this money rather than drink it away. 
And, you know, that goes the same for, for fancy restaurants or even bars. You know, we tend to, you know, we're, we're gay people. We go to bars. But the amount of exactly. money we spend is insane. Um, so I, you just, once you realize it, once you look at it on paper and, and you know, spending $10 here, $10 there, mentally it's not going to connect. But once you look at your bank statement at the end of the month or end of the year, and you say, wow, I spent that much money on alcohol or coffee or food or whatever it is, then you're like, okay, I need to change now. Right. Because there's other things. And this all kind of started out, you you had a blog that you started called Frugality, which I love the title, but, and it's all about kind (laughs) of those kind of things, right? Trying to find what's important to you, where can you save money at? Because I'm the same way. I have a, I use, um, Panera is my office because Panera is free refills. I don't understand mm-hmm. people go to Starbucks and order three, uh, $8 coffee, then sometimes get a refill and pay an extra 2 bucks for a refill or something. It just does not make sense to me otherwise. But talk about starting this blog and how that frugality kind of came about. So I used to joke with all my friends that I used to call myself the frugal gay. And, <laughs> you know, people called me cheap, which – you know, frugal and cheap are, are very close in definition, but I used to say, I'm not cheap, I'm frugal. So I one day decided to, you know, publish. I'm a writer. I've been writing for, for 10 years. I was like, okay, well, I've never really written a lot about personal finance. So I started a blog called Frugality, the frugal gay, living a frugal but fabulous gay lifestyle. And, you know, it, it took off and a lot of people loved it and they loved the advice. And they started asking me for advice. I realized, though, frugality, even though I loved that name, in terms of a business, it didn't have the best name. So I thought Pride Wealth Strategies has a a more mature, a a more, like, professional-sounding name. So about a month ago, I changed everything over. You know, the blog, the frugality blog, is still in, is on the Pride Wealth Strategies website. So all of those old articles right. are now published there. So I started to do videos as well. Um, basically, the videos and the, the blog posts sort of tie in together. Um, but, you know, videos are something that I, I started to do with travel, with Pride Journeys a few months ago as well, um, before COVID. And I'm, I was never really comfortable being on camera, but doing a few travel videos and now a few finance videos, you sort of get to, to relax and learn how to work on camera. And I'm just being myself, you know, they're not fully produced. They're not Susie Orman level productions. It's, it's they're, they're one take productions for the most part. Um, the finance videos. But they're very cool though. I mean, I, I went through a, a lot of them and you have some great topics that, that I love that were very, kind of universal themes for everybody and they're fun. And I think that's what people need. People need to be a little interested in it. If you get too stale, too kind of boring and things, people aren't going to follow along. Right. And that's, that was the point. You know, I wanted to make them short. I wanted to make them fun. I didn't want to be too serious in them because I think that's when you start to lose people. I wanted to show my personality and I wanted to show the mistakes that I made which caused me to start frugality and to start giving advice. 
I've made a ton of financial mistakes over my lifetime, um, mistakes that cost me tens of thousands of dollars. Some of them were happy mistakes that I love doing, and some of them were stupid mistakes. Um, I managed the boy band for a while when I was in grad school, and I took $15,000, and we went to Europe, and we played concerts in London at Wembley Arena, you know, <laughs> but it, at nice. that time, it was it, it was pre-Facebook, it was pre-Twitter, all we had was MySpace to promote, so it cost more money. We had to print CDs, right. which don't exist anymore, um, for the most part, so I put all of that money behind the band, and you know what? I don't regret that. It was a lot of money, but the experience of doing it and the camaraderie we had and, you know, what other person could say they played Wembley Arena. You know, we opened for a band called Blue at the time, and one of the days was actually the, the day of the London bombing, the tube bombing. So oh, wow. that concert date was canceled, of course. Um, but the, the date after went went on as scheduled. Um, but just the memories I had from that were priceless. Um, oh, I bet, yeah. Side, uh, yeah, but on the flip side, you know, I had um, some money in the stock market back in the the tech bubble days, and, you know, everything was going up, 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 like it is now kind of. Um, but at that time, all these crazy companies that didn't make any money, were their stocks were going crazy and people were going crazy, and – it crashed and I panicked and cashed out. You only lose money when you sell, you know, exactly. if you keep your money in there and let it ride, it, it, there's a chance it may come back. And a lot of the companies that I owned at that time now are doing wonderfully, but I sold right. because <laughs> I panicked. Exactly. Like a lot of people panic. And you know, when you're in the moment, that's what you do. So, that's a mistake that I made that I regret that I learned. Um, and I actually did it again. <laughs> I, I, I made the same mistake twice um, back in the, the, the great recession um, in 20 in 09 or whatever it was, 08, 09. And, right. you know, but you're at, in the moment you're panicking. And I just, I say to myself now, like, you know, we, the past few months we've been skyrocketing. Um, and I'm like, okay, sell anything, <laughs> um, especially right. if it's a company you know that's going to be here for a decade, two decades, three decades, um, something like a Microsoft or AT&T or Verizon, you know, there's no reason to sell it right now. You know, if it, if it dips 10%, let it ride, you know, they're, right. they're not going out of business tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I think I, you I really, people, I think it's important to diversify and know that. So yeah, I think that's smart. Yeah, and, and I'm a value investor now where I used to be a bit more um, tech-heavy and invest in more speculative stocks. And now now I really research and, and dive into what I'm owning. And people wouldn't believe me when I told them, when I, if I told them how many hours and hours I spent researching stocks. You would think I do this for like a professional living. Um, <laughs> I know people in the industry. I, I know financial advisors who don't spend as much time as I do researching stocks. Um, so, you know, even though I'm not certified and I'm, I'm very upfront with people, I don't have my CFA or I'm not a certified financial advisor or a li- I don't have a series six license, series seven. 
Um, what I'm doing is, is solely coaching, you know, and the difference is I'm not taking, let's say you want to invest your money with me. You can't invest with me. I'm not taking possession of any of your assets. I'm not controlling them. All I'm doing is coaching you along the way. Um, and I don't want to manage assets. That's not my goal. My goal is to help you manage your debt, manage your revenue, um, pay off your credit cards, how to pay off the credit cards, wh- how, to, how to save here and there. You know, where can we, where can we save $5? Where can we save $10? Um, and, and put that into account and invest in, you know, maybe a, um, a safe Vanguard fund or something. You know, everything is right. not about Nikola and Tesla. You know, everybody sees those names as they're, as they're skyrocketing. But, you know, things fall. So, you know, would you rather make 30%? Yeah, I mean, things go up 30% one day and 50% down the next day. You just don't know. Um, So it's more about consistency now with with my way of investing. Well, I like that. And I think it's important, too. I think a investment coach is the way to go when I look at it. I mean, I, I do investments as well, and I would rather have a coach that's there with me and giving me some guidance and an actual someone that's making money or not off of my money, but they can't guarantee anything. Nobody can guarantee anything. Right. So they're kind of using what that, what, what they're trying to push one way or another, you're giving actual strategies, which I think is even much more important. So that's very cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. You um, know, uh, uh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to, I want to break it down to the different things that you offer here because I love, I think all that's important. Let's start with debt management. What are your goals working with clients for their debt management? So debt management is something that's actually pretty personal to me because like I said with the boy band, you know, I didn't pay that in cash. I paid that on credit cards. Um, So I I walked out with $15,000 in credit, credit card fees um, plus interest. And it took me, I just paid that off last year. I did this in grad school in 2004 and I just put it (laughs) off. (laughs) So that, you know, debt management and there's different things that different approaches, um, especially with credit card debt, you know, certain people advise to pay off the card, the highest balance first. Some people say pay off the lowest balance first. I tend to, to tell people to look at your, your interest rates and you pay off the card with the highest interest rate first, and you try to make double payments on it, or not, maybe if you can't do double, maybe just pay uh, a few dollars more every month and get that card right. down because that interest rate will kill you. And it'll take, like I had my credit card for 15 years paying that thing off. It will take you that long to pay it off at, because the interest rate will just, it, it'll cripple you. My mother had a credit card open with a 20 3.9% interest rate. Her oh, balance man. wasn't very high, but I looked at that card and I was like, pay this off now. <laughs> there was no right. reason for it to be open. You know, it, that, that should be criminal. You know, if, if I lent somebody money and charged them almost 25% interest, that's, I wouldn't be allowed to do that. I'd be in jail. You know, that, that's a criminal offense, I think. I don't know right. what to call it, but it's just not legal. <laughs> But um, all these highway robbery. Yeah. 
um, you know, that's like old school, like New York mafia stuff, you know, putting money on the street and charging 25 points. You know? <laughs> it's right. just, that's exactly crazy in my mind. Um, but in terms of debt management, that's what I try to talk people through, you know, and in some, it's every, every case is different, of course. Um, but, you know, it, everything's on an individual basis, but that's one of the things that I help people um, walk through when we're talking about debt. Well, I love that. I think there is so many ways you can go about it. I like, uh, I think that's some excellent advice. Interest on this thing, you need to try to consolidation. I think an interest are two of your easiest ways to get things done. If you can, if you have the credit to do it, but you really need to kind of have a game plan on how to work things over. You don't want to get caught into those, uh, loan car loan things or to the paycheck loan things, which are hopefully getting uh-huh. more illegal now. You just have to really pay attention because those things, as you say, they have compounded at 26 to 30 and it goes up to, and being almost a hundred percent on some of these places after a while. So you really have to watch what you're doing. And if you don't have a good coach like you looking out for it, it's an easy trap to fall into. Yeah. I'll Talk be about you accountable as well. That's good. Yeah. You need that. And we talked, we, we hit on it briefly just a little bit ago, but talk about building an investment portfolio. What do you recommend as far as people, if they were just starting out and wanted to start building a portfolio, where do you give the, give your advice towards at this point right now in this market? Well, the first questions I ask are, are their age and what their risk tolerance is. So mm, I'm going to right. give different advice for somebody who's 25 than somebody who's 55. The advice right. is completely different. Um, you know, if you're 25, do you take more risk? If you're 55 and, and getting close to retirement, you can't take that much risk. Um, there's always a, a basket of stocks that are, are solid, that are go-to, and they sort of straddle the lines between your, your growth and your value. Um, stuff like Apple or Microsoft or Cisco, um, you know, even Procter and Gamble, Johnson and Johnson, you know, as long as you're diversified at any age, I think you'll be okay. The one thing you don't want to do is put all your eggs in one basket, whether that's one basket of one stock only, or just all tech stocks or all consumer stocks. Because if, if the industry goes down, your entire investment portfolio is going to go down with it. So you really want to diversify your holdings. So I tell people don't put any more than 15 or 20% in one holding. I like that. Talk about dividends. I find dividends uh, a very important topic. Do you discuss that with your clients at all? Yes. And that also goes back to age. So, you know, somebody who is getting close to retirement and is looking for dividends, they may want to actually get a check every quarter in the mail with that dividend payout. If you're in your 20s or 30s, you know, you may say, okay, let's reinvest those dividends. Let's put them back into your investment portfolio and let it build because compounding interest is the greatest thing that has ever been created. And (laughs) I don't know if you're familiar with it. I'm sure you're familiar with it, but your listeners may not all be familiar with compound interest. Basically, if you have $1,000 and you get 10% interest, which is high, um, that then the next month, or next year, you know, you're getting 10% on 1100. Then the next year you're getting 10% on top of that. So it just, it snowballs. And the first few years, the first 10 years, you don't really see much of a change, but 
once it goes to like year 15, year 20, year 30, it's exponential. You'd be shocked how quickly your money will grow because of compound interest. And there's right. a, in, there's an investment calculator that I love to point people to. Um, it's Dave Ramsey, um, who's a big finance guru, but he has an investment calculator on his website. And I tell people to play around with those numbers. You know, it asks you for your current age, what age you want to retire, how much you have invested now, how much you could afford to invest every month. And then it calculates at the end of 25, 30 years, how much you'll have or, or potentially, um, you know, everything could change. It also asks you, like, what, what do you think your interest rate is going to be, your rate of return, which traditionally in the S&P 500 over the past 30 years, it's been around 10 to 12%. So if you use that as an average, you, it's so much fun just to sit back and then play with the numbers and watch how much money you could possibly have. And then right. it also drives me crazy because I said, oh, if I would have saved them, that money in my 20s, you know, I would have been so much wealthier right now. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> um, exactly. You know. Yeah, because I'm a little bit older than you, Joey, and so I'm kind of on the – plus I I – took up this radio show so i'm not really doing um i'm kind of semi-retired now because i take care of my mom and so i found i'm on the where i'm trying to have the assets pay me so the dividends work to me i I invested Mm -hmm. in franklin funds that are relatively safe they go off the market a bit but i'm getting that check every single month from my franklin funds which i really enjoy um which is nice like you said it's kind of where you need to be at your time from my point now this is great. Now, it hurt when the stock market went down. I lost about thirty thousand dollars in the value of my funds. They've now got mm-hmm. fifteen thousand of the back, so I'm very happy about that. Like you said, I would never sell them because they can only come back up, right? Uh, unless something really terrible happens. But I find if you it look really at important. a thirty-year for stocks and things. Go ahead, say that again. Yeah, if you look, if you look at a thirty. 40, 50-year chart of the S&P 500, you know, we've been through wars. We've been through recessions. We've been through depressions. You know, even go back to the start of the stock market, 100 years, whatever, whenever it started, and look at a chart. And the chart always goes higher. It has your discs, right. but it always, it, we're, way, we're way higher now. Then at any other point in history, yes, you're going to have your bumps in the road. But, you know, Warren Buffett is infamous for saying, invest in America. You know, mm. forget the political tension and the, the left and the right, you know, bet on our economy. Because our economy is going to be here for generations to come. And, you know, if you, if you truly believe right now that we're going to get through COVID, which you know, I think we're going to get through it eventually. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, if our if the stock market is this strong now, just you can't don't you can't even imagine what it's going to be like. You know, once the economy is really at full steam and and people exactly. are back spending money and and going to restaurants and and doing stuff again. Right. What's going to budgeting? Because I think budgeting is so important that people really don't pay attention to that. I think there are a lot of great tricks you can do. And I think it's just so important in your overall finance strategy. Talk about what you recommend in budgeting. 
Well, and, and budgeting is also, it depends on the person. Um, everybody has a different budget and everybody has a different lifestyle. Um, I tell people that your, your living expense should not be more than 25% of your revenue, of your monthly revenue at any time. So your living expenses, your rent or mortgage, your right. utilities, stuff like that. doesn't really include your car. You know, that's a whole other separate expense. But, you know, I tell people, shoot for that 25 number. And even better, try to make it 20. You know, if you could decrease your, your living expense to 20% of your revenue, take that extra 5% and put it away. Right. Because you just save that money, save that 5%. Um, and and there's, there's some other tips and tricks that I like to give people. But like I said, it, it is based on an individual situation. Um, and everybody's going to be different. Right. And estate planning, I think, is so important in the LGBTQ community as laws are trying to catch up with the rights that we're kind of gaining all the time here. I mean, before you had to find ways to leave your estate to partners when you weren't allowed to marry, and you still have a lot of people Mm -hmm. that don't trust the marriage. Estate planning for the LGBTQ community is a very different bird. How do you go about talking to your clients about that? Well, and like you said, you know, it used to be really difficult in the past, and estate planning is still difficult. Um, It depends on what type of estate you have. You know, do you have a lot of um, real estate holdings, or is it liquid assets? And where do you want that going after you pass? Do you have any heirs? Do you have a partner? Um, Do you have any children? You know, a lot of people are used to be married and have kids. So, or now people are doing different types of um, in vitro and other for they're adopting. So the, the situations are, are so broad right now. And, and you have to decide, do you want a will? Do you want a trust? You need both. Um, do you want to leave your, your state, you know, to uh, an organization, nonprofit organization? I know a ton of right. people in the gay community who give their, their money to a, a charity because they just don't have anybody else to leave it to. Um, and, you know, you can leave it to multiple charities if that's the case. So I think, I think you got to start thinking about it now and have either a will or a trust in place. You just don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And I tell people, you know, even you could change it every year if you want to, but you know, if something happens to you tomorrow, Where's your money going to go? You just want to make sure that your money, your assets go to where you want it to go, wherever that may be. It could be a partner, even if they're not married. You know, if you say in your will, you want your assets to go to X, Y, Z, that's where it's going to go. <laughs> um, right. If it's, uh, you just, you have to lay it out. Otherwise it's going to go to probate and the courts are going to decide and you don't want that to happen. Exactly. And one of the things that um, I don't know if you talk about it with your clients, I learned about PODs and TODs because I take care of my 81-year-old mother, as I said. And uh, these things, are I was never really aware of them until the last couple of years. But you can designate your assets as um, TOD, which is transfer on death, or POD, which is um, basically the same thing where you can – have it go through and then you skip the probate, which is a really good idea. 
So I love that because we have investment. My mom has her own investments and things, and we have our three boys, me and my two brothers. So we have set up for her um, once she passes that we have a TOD, it automatically gets, you can put as many people as you want on that, just like you're doing a will, Mm -hmm. and it goes divided between us three boys. But those are great things to look into as well. Well, every state has their own laws, so it depend. I would before doing anything, I would consult with somebody in that state and mm-hmm. see what the the regulations are for for that type of thing. Um, oh, sometimes advice. it doesn't matter. Um, my dad passed away in April from COVID, and in his will, it said to split our house amongst the kids and his wife. But New York law supersedes that. So his wish means nothing because in New York, the wife gets the house. So my mother gets control of the home, even though that my father wanted, once she sold the house, he wanted her her to split it four ways. She doesn't have to. New York law says she doesn't have to. So definitely have your listeners like consult with a, a local attorney or do some research on their own before trying to create um, a will or a trust just so they know what the legal, the local state legal terms and regulations are. Okay, great. I did not know that. That's something I will double check for ours then. Very good. I'm so sorry to hear about yeah, you. Yeah, I had no I idea either. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I, I had no idea. <laughs> Well, last, finally, let's go into wealth creation. What what do you do for your clients as far as wealth creation? What are your advice uh, advice for that? Going back to the Great Recession, when I lost my job before I started getting into gay media, I had zero income, and from that point forward, I said I always wanted to have multiple revenue streams because if something happens to one at least I'll have another backup. And companies hate to hear that because a lot of companies like to have you as their employee and that's it. Um, They don't always allow you or like you to have a side hobby or side hustle, as I call it. Um, Right. I am a, a firm believer in having one or more side hustles because if one revenue stream dries up, at least you have a few other revenue streams and the whole process of wealth creation starts there because if you could have one job that covers all your expenses for the month and then have another side hustle that, you know, it may not pay as much, but even if you're going to, even if you make a few hundred dollars a month extra, you take that money and you invest it and you don't touch it. And over the years, it's going to build and build and build. And if you, if you invest in the right type of, um, stocks and mutual funds with compound interest and reinvestment and dividends, it'll grow exponentially 20 or 30 years. And time is your best friend when it comes yeah. to building wealth. <laughs> if you have your 20s and 30s, if you have time, you will be very, very well off if you spend and save your money correctly and wisely. Well said. I like it. Well, I just think this is amazing that you're doing this. I think our community really, everyone's 
tends to think of the LGBTQ community, especially if you're partnered, having all this uh, extra resources because you don't have the kids or you don't have, you have a two-income family. It's not a true statement, uh, and you a lot of people kind of waste the opportunity where it can make it a true statement, right? But there's a lot of things that we really need to pay attention to, I think. Well, that's 100% correct, and it's unfortunate, but our community tends to put a high value on things, whether that's right. a fancy car or a big house or, you know, going on a fancy vacation and posting stuff on Instagram, you know, just to get those likes, you know, or, or fancy clothes. You know, I used to, I got wrapped up in that too. You know, I can't even tell you how much money I spent on designer crap growing up. And I regret that, you know, I could have so much more money now, but our community really stresses that. And it's unfortunate because, you know, if you look at two posts on Facebook from different people, one with a guy like, Oh, look at my new Louis Vuitton bag. And then one will get my new, you know, target bag. <laughs> um, right. The guy right. Vuitton bag has more likes and more engagement. It, it's, it's worth more for people. And it's just, it's a, a scary way to live and we all do it and we're all conscious of it. But I think going back to frugal, frugality, you know, I want people, I know there's people like me out there, but they don't want to admit it. Sometimes they're embarrassed. They don't want to say, Oh, I shop at target. Oh, I, I, I don't spend a ton of money on designer stuff. There's a ton of people out there. They're just not as, open about saying stuff like that and my goal is to reach those people and say hey there's other people like you it's not all about the fancy car or the 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 swanky restaurant you know there's other people like you out there we are a community within the community and hopefully our methods and our ways of saving and and you know maybe that can inspire others to, to change their lifestyle. You know, they don't, right. they don't need that, that Gucci bag. They don't need the, the $80 dinner. Um, there's just better, better ways to spend their money. I think that's so well said. I mean, I learned it from my dad. I was very lucky. I'm a very frugal person. I learned it from my dad. Um, I got to say, growing up, I hated it. <laughs> I hated all the mm-hmm. – uh, he was cheap back then. He's frugal now. He was cheap back when I was a kid, right? But uh, <laughs> I remember – but my dad had his first heart attack when he was 37 years old, had his second one with disability retired at um, 47 years old, and he had to retire at 47 years old. And because wow. he kind of did those kind of investments and – was smart about it. He lived till he was 75 years old without having to worry about money um, to have. And and he's left my mom um, well. And I mean, we're not rich by any stretch of the imagination, but she is not struggling. Mm -hmm. And I think you, by living frugal, you can make yourself not struggle and make yourself have a very enjoyable life. Right. Yeah. And I tell people, you know, there's, there's being frugal, then there's just, being miserable <laughs> and right. You, you got to treat miserable. yourself. You got to treat yourself. Yeah. On you know, if you want to go on vacation, for, you go on vacation, you know, but you may have to sacrifice other things to go on that vacation. Don't put that vacation on a credit card unless you're getting points and you pay it off next month. Um, 
but, you know, maybe you have to forego a few dinners or a few trips to the, the club or bar, you know, to pay for that vacation. You can't, you may not be able to do it all the same year, but you, you definitely have to treat yourself. There you go. All right. Well, let's finish up. Let's give uh, the listeners what's uh, one to three of your top frugal tips. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, number one would be the coffee. You know, sorry, Starbucks. Great company, great to the gaze, but <laughs> they're expensive. Um, and, right. you know, I, I, don't, I don't say cut it out completely. Like, you know, if you go every day, maybe cut it down to three days a week. So that's one. The second thing, and I'm going to get hate mail for this one, but the gyms. Mm. It is in my mind unnecessary to spend any more than 40 or $50 a month for a gym membership. I know a lot of people who spend a hundred, if not more for gym membership per month. So uh, I, I know I'm going to get hate mail for that one. Uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, it's a CNBC type thing. Um, you know, a lot of the fancier gyms, you know, it's all about who's there. And again, that Instagram shot, that Facebook shot um, exactly. and, and trying to be popular. And you could get just as good as a workout in Planet Fitness as you can in the fancy gym. And the third right. thing... I would I would say the third thing is is cars. You know, we we love our fancy cars. We love to show off. Um, I I've always driven nice cars, but nothing. I've always driven used cars. I've never owned a new car, and mm. I try to keep my payments below two fifty a month, which is hard to do. I know people who have right. leases that pay, that cost five six hundred dollars a month. I think that's absurd. You know, it's just a car. We don't live in it. You know, <laughs> if you could right. honestly, if you if you could afford to to buy it outright, here here's my my thought process. If you have enough money saved in the bank to buy that car in cash, then it's okay to get the car. But if you don't have enough money in your bank to cover that payment, if you were to buy it outright, that's not the right car for you. Does that make sense? I like that. No, I think that's great. Very, very cool. Joey, I love all of this. I think you and I would get along well. I am, I am very frugal myself. <laughs> There's a lot of smart things you can do. I mean, I, I, I'm a business, I do part-time business consulting, a marketing manager mm-hmm. myself. And I tell all my clients, there are so many ways that you can save money doing so many silly things that you'd be surprised how things build up over time. And I think exactly. that's the point of it all is just by using a little bit of common sense, you can kind of create the life you want to create for yourself. Because it's not all about denying yourself. It's not all about giving yourself anything you want. It's about creating a life that is a happy life, right? That's what's important. Yeah. And it's all about doing doing baby steps. You know, you are not going to become millionaires tomorrow. You're not going to save a million dollars tomorrow. But you got to start somewhere, and you have to start today. Because if you don't start today, you're going to keep saying, oh, "I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow." And you'll never start. So start today. Start now. 
There you go. And I recommend my friend here, Mr. Joey Amato, let him know where they can find your website and follow you on social media, my friend. Sure. It's pridewealthstrategies.com. And I only have a Facebook page for, for that company. Um, and again, it's Pride Wealth Strategies. And if you want to do travel, it's pridejourneys.com. And you can find that on Facebook. And what's my Instagram? Oh, my Instagram is that pride guy. So T-H-A-T, pride, G-U-Y. And that's my Instagram. And I'm Perfect. pretty active and have some fun stuff on my Instagram. So follow me on Instagram. There you go. Well, Joey, we have to have you back because I'd, I'd like to kind of get into this more, especially post-COVID when things are starting to move up again and talk about some different mm-hmm. strategies. It's been a pleasure talking to you, my friend. Thanks, right. Scott. I really Stay appreciate your time. And... Okay. I appreciate it. No, definitely. Thank you. Stay on the line for me. We're going to play out with a little bit of Nick Haywood from Haircut 100, speaking of English bands here. Uh, Nick Haywood's uh, Baby Blue Sky. You're listening to the Left of Straight show right here on the Left of Straight Radio Network.
are back. Guys, thanks for tuning in tonight. That was a heck of an episode from Manakai to the somber sounds of saving money. Woohoo! Big shout out to all my guests today. Of course, we always love when we have our buddies from J&J Buzz, Josh and Jeff, call in, give us our pop culture minute. Thank you so much to Jason Stewart and Mitch Harrod. They are hilarious. Check out their web series on Amazon. You are going to love it. It's only 35 minutes out of your day. You're going to enjoy every second of it. And also a big thanks to Joey Amata. If you have questions on money, a wealth manager is an important thing to do, especially if you're young, because you can really save a lot of money and find yourself living a lot better life when you're older. Me, I always kind of tease I am a little bit on the older side, and I was very lucky to learn from my dad and have some some good um, savings advice, so I am able to kind of semi-retire at a relatively young age here. So I'm happy about that. And it's only by doing some smart, frugal things. So we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, We're going to look forward to having you back. We'll be here tomorrow and Friday, 6 o'clock Pacific and 9 o'clock Eastern time. Tomorrow we'll be doing our Mental Health Minute. We do every other Thursday with our resident special correspondent, Jacob Talego. And then we're just doing one live interview tomorrow. It's going to be with Melissa Braden. She is a romance author. She has done quite a few books, and it's going to be kind of fun to talk to her about that. So we're looking forward to that, and that's it. We've made it through a couple hours here. Thanks so much to David in the studio for keeping us sounding good and running those sounds while we are waiting for uh, get our call back with our guest tonight. We're going to go ahead and get out of here and talk to you tomorrow, everyone. Have a great night. Bye-bye.